Hi, I'm Sean McCabe. And I'm Carrie McCabe. We are, well, married, obviously, (laughs) but we're also obsessed with the darker side of things. True crime stories, alien abductions, poltergeists. If it leaves you scratching your head and keeping those lights on at night, we want to hear about it. That's why we host the podcast Ain't It Scary with Sean and Carrie. Every week, we bring our listeners a true story guaranteed to send chills down your spine, from history's most brutal serial killers to the mystery of spontaneous human combustion. Yep, lots of these stories leave unanswered questions behind, and you'll get to poke through the rubble of the evidence with a hardened skeptic and... Someone whose mind is more open to fun. Yeah, that's what I was going to (laughs) say. The show really feels like just kicking back with us at home and chatting about monsters and tragedies, but having a few laughs along the way. Just like we'd be doing if the mics were off, frankly. (laughs) You can find Ain't It Scary with Sean and Carrie wherever you get your podcasts and on social media at Ain't It Scary. Come play with us. Forever and ever and ever. She actually outranked him so much socially that she kept her surname and he adopted it. So that is baller. Right? Here's the thing. Paige, have you officially changed your last name yet? No, I'm not going to. Okay, well, then you need to tell Alia, like, um, I outrank you socially, so you need to change (laughs) yours. You need to take mine. (laughs) Do it. I'll see how that goes. I'll report back. I'm Paige. And I'm Megan. And this is Spooky Science Sisters. Hello, you're listening to Spooky Science Sisters, a podcast where we present to you a science-based, and probably very giggly, discussion on all things strange and unusual. Today we are joined by historian and host of the podcast Historical AF, Kina. She is joining us for our second spooky true crime episode to chat about Elizabeth Bathory. Uh, so excited. Kina, would you like to say hi to our listeners and tell them a little bit about yourself? Hi, yes, I'm Kina. I am a historian. I am a public historian, actually, and I, I specialize in insane asylums, which I find pretty cool. <laughs> and I, I, most people are like, what do you, what do you do? Do you study war or Rome or ancient Greece? I'm like, no, this one insane asylum. That's just one. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yes. So I'm Kina. I'm a historian. I host Historical AF and it's kind of a boozy, foul mouthed history podcast about weird, funny, eerie, morbid historical nuggets you never knew you needed in your ear hole. And I, I love history. I'm super excited about it. So I have guests come on and we just talk about different things. Like I've had Megan on. We've talked about. Oh, what have we talked about? We did um, oceans. oceans. Yeah, we did oceans. And then you were on my special hundredth episode where we just talked about a hundred things. Yeah, and I did the hundred year old ghost story. Yes. Oh, it was so good. <laughs> so yeah, I just I have guests on. We talk about history. We laugh. We make a lot of jokes, and it's just a party. But you accidentally learn things. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're super excited to have you on, and I'm like 
extra excited because, as Kina mentioned, Megan has joined her on a couple of episodes, but unfortunately, I have missed both of those. Yeah, second page. (laughs) So this is my first time getting to meet her, and I'm, like, very excited. Megan has said only wonderful things. Oh, yay. Yeah, no, I'm so excited to meet you. (laughs) And you will be on my podcast. We will make it happen. Yeah, Yeah, soon. It's going to happen for me. Um, So a few things before we get started uh, on today's topic. The first thing is we are getting close to Halloween. Well, we aren't really. But by the time that this episode (laughs) airs, (laughs) right, by the time that this episode airs, we will be very close to Halloween and we will be excited about it. And this year, we are planning another Halloween listener stories episode because last year's was so much fun. So if you have any stories you would like us to cover, please share with us uh, via email or any of our social media pages. And now, something spooky. (laughs) So, Megan, do you have anything spooky to share? I do. I feel like this is... I We haven't had anything for a while because... I don't know. Our lives have gotten boring. Things have gotten less spooky. <laughs> I have a go, theory. We've got to go find some spooky things. Um, but I have three things now. So first, it is weird that we were like just chatting about how we had such trouble recording that one episode. And like that was our listener stories episode. And yes, I had the same thought. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Um <laughs> But when I was taking notes for this episode, recording in, it's the it's the beginning of May, <laughs> but <laughs> this episode isn't scheduled to come out until August 23rd uh, because we're recording everything ahead of time. But what is like somewhat spooky coincidental timing is that Elizabeth Bathory died on August 21st. Oh. Spooky. Yeah. And like, I feel like since it was, you know, 400 years ago, I feel like you get like plus or minus a couple days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's how, that's how anniversaries work. Yeah. And historically speaking, a lot of times they wrote down the wrong birthdays for women in history. So it could be, you know. Yeah. There you yeah. go. Kina knows. Yeah. <laughs> but either this. way, it's like, I read August 21st. And I was like, man, like, isn't this episode going to get released at the end of August? That is weird. <laughs> so that was sort of a weird coincidence. But hey, now you know if you're listening to this episode two days ago, it was the day that Elizabeth Bathory <laughs> died. Uh, and then my other spooky thing is that I'm feeling pretty concerned about the Chinese rocket that's gonna crash into the earth in the next 24 hours oh yeah i was just watching a tiktok about that (laughs) so was i (laughs) you want to take a guess megan if i was watching that same tiktok (laughs) you were not (laughs) (laughs) it's a running joke here kina that i got really addicted to tiktok at the beginning of quarantine and i think we actually talked about this when i was on your show the first time mm-hmm. and Paige is like no i'm having none of this <laughs> <laughs> so i send her a lot of tiktoks and she watches like maybe 10 percent of them. Uh, that's exactly how my husband is he'll maybe one out of 30 he'll be like okay maybe yeah maybe i'll quit yeah. that one Un- unfortunately for Paige, my husband is also sending her a bunch of t- <laughs> so- <laughs> 
<laughs> but <laughs> anyway, so yeah, so I was just watching a TikTok about that, and I'm like, I'm I'm feeling concerned. Like it was like probably it'll crash into the ocean, but then the it was the the space gal who is is a trustworthy source mm-hmm. was like it has like a one percent chance to hit somebody, and I was like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> You know, especially after the year we had in 2020 and even 2021, you know, anything is possible now. Nobody is shocked by anything. So <laughs> I, I too have anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that's not so much spooky as it is like existential dread inducing, but <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> Uh, if you're listening to this in August, <laughs> we might be dead. <laughs> Cheers. Um, anyway, did it, did anything spooky happen to you, Paige? Nothing spooky here, but here is what I've decided is going to happen. We have been focusing on, like, we want something spooky to happen, so mm-hmm. we have something to share, and that's why it's not happening. So I'm oh. officially convinced that in our break between our recordings here that we're gonna i think we're gonna wrap up in like the next couple of weeks Mm -hmm. um so like early summer and then the recordings we come back to in like late fall there's going to be like a significant increase in spooky happenings i i it's gonna that's what's happening so i (laughs) don't have anything spooky today but when we come back in the fall i think i'm gonna have a lot of spooky things We're going to start writing them down. I'm going to make a list of them. So I have one for every week that we record. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It'll probably be like the day after we record like our last episode for, you know, the the break. Then it'll be like the next day. (laughs) Yeah. Weird stuff will start happening. Shit's going to start happening. (laughs) Okay. Well, that's us. So, Kina, has anything spooky happened to you recently? Okay. Listen. So I, too, want... (laughs) things to happen to me and I think they don't out of spite (laughs) but I have been actively searching out you know creepy paranormal occurrences in my hometown Mm -hmm. because I'm new here I just moved here two years ago almost two years ago and so I got this book and it is Haunted Seguin that's where I'm from so I've just been picking a place and then deciding to go there and being like hey ghosts I'm here come at me (laughs) and so far that hasn't worked but <laughs> the last thing I did was kind of, it gave me, it gave me like knots in my stomach, but I think it's because I knew the history, but okay. the town I'm in, I'm Southern, kind of East Texas. I'm between San Antonio and Austin, if that gives you an idea. So okay. it's very Old West, Old West Justice. And mm-hmm. so the town I'm from is one of the oldest towns in the state, and it was founded by Texas Rangers. So they were all very into that uh, really intense justice. Mm-hmm. So I was reading it, and there was a bunch of trees people keep mentioning that are haunted. And there was these – what there's one that was supposed to be called, like, the howling tree or something. So I was like, well, that sounds Ooh. cool. Let's go find that. So I couldn't find it because all the pictures in the book were the wrong pictures. It was a whole thing. I was walking around town with a book in my hand and my camera out because I was TikToking. It was <laughs> probably hilarious. But I finally <laughs> found it. And what it was was a whipping tree. So they would try people. And then on Sunday, they would march everybody out to the tree, tie them to the tree, and then beat them while everybody had a picnic. 
Oh, no. It's horrible. But the story is that you can hear the screams if you listen. Oh, no. So I didn't realize that when I got there because I'm TikTok and be like, oh, this haunted tree is going to be awesome. And then I got there and be like, oh, my God, this is horrific and I hate my life. Ah." So I was really (laughs) uncomfortable. But it was really everything. (laughs) It was kind of. It was interesting on a historical aspect because the mm-hmm. the hooks are still there from <gasps> wow like 1700s and yeah. just seeing how much it's you know grown because it's like up in the tree now yeah. and so I took pictures. People say sometimes it'll glow, but my town kind of looks like the downtown area of Gilmer Girls with the gazebo <laughs> and the troubadour yes. and all the sparkly lights. So it's way too bright to actually see any ghosties, but okay. I'm just going to assume they were there. They were just, you know, drowned out by the blinding lights. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) Yeah. It gave me the creeps, but I think it was mostly just the heaviness of how kind of horrific that was and just being sad. And then it was also next to an area where there were these books. I'm telling you, Texas is wild. (laughs) But they were like, oh, this tree was here and it was a hanging tree and it was a perfect location because it was halfway between the courthouse and the morgue. And and it was just talking about it so excitedly. And I was like, it's still a hanging tree. But then they're like, unfortunately, tragedy struck when the tree died when they paved and it couldn't get water. And I'm like, that's the tragedy? The tree died? Somebody needs to figure out their priorities. <laughs> yes. Yes. And then, yeah, so that, and then I, this was all the same day, by the way, so I'm just counting as one. And my town is named Seguin after Juan Seguin. He was a hero of the Alamo, big deal or whatever. So mm-hmm. he actually died in Mexico, but this town wanted to name itself Seguin. So in the 70s, they went to Mexico and dug him up and then <gasps> brought him here. And now he's buried in the middle of the town and nobody finds it weird. I find it that so weird. Is, that is Bizarre. weird. Yeah. So it gives me the creeps too, because I feel like he has to be angry. <laughs> like, yeah. why? Why did he, they left there his family? His family is still there. So I yeah. think that he's probably a very restless spirit. Yeah. Well, th- I feel like this really informs. So Paige, I don't know if you remember, but it was a cu- couple episodes where I had come across a list of states where they'd had the largest number of ghost sightings and Texas yeah. was the top one. So. I believe it. <laughs> Plus, we're huge. So maybe yeah, that's... if you normalized her population, it was not. But like, just in terms of like oh, total yeah. ghost sightings on, and again, like on a pretty unofficial website that people submitted to, it was the top one. But it's like, I mean, Texas is really old and has a super long history, and yeah, mm-hmm. there's been a lot of there's been a lot of stuff. That yeah, it's just weird because when they talk about like haunted towns or like areas mm-hmm. that are haunted that you should could check out i don't know that i've ever come across like anywhere in texas being a place to go for really like, ghost tours or anything like that yeah oh. i don't think it's- i ever heard it till i moved here and then once i got here i was like oh yeah i've heard of these places because we have <laughs> the the manger hotel which has been I've heard it on podcasts before. I just don't think it clicked that it was here. Mm-hmm. And it's super, super haunted. And then the <laughs> Emily Morgan is built on the area where the hospital kind of – like where a lot of people died. And then there's – Austin has tons of ghosts. They actually mm-hmm. do a ghost tour in a hearse, which I have to do. It just sounds amazing. <laughs> That's super fun. <laughs> but the – the oh. 
can't remember what hotel it is. I'm blanking, but it's the one that LBJ used to flash people on when he stayed there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he had a whole thing. He flashed a lot of people, the president. Oh, no. He named it Jumbo. So there you go. <gasps> I will curse you with my knowledge. <laughs> but yeah, it's very haunted. And like the hotel that I live kind of close to, they call it hotel. It's just a house, but it's supposedly uh-huh. the most haunted in Texas. But everybody thinks they're the most haunted in Texas. So I'm having a hard time <laughs> differentiating. <laughs> Here's what we've learned. Lots of places around the country think they're the most haunted. <laughs> True. Like every place. <laughs> okay, well, we can dive into Elizabeth Bathory. Kina is going to do the, I guess, true crime slash historical perspective mm-hmm. on Elizabeth Bathory. And the reason that we say true crime is because most people talk about her as being one of the most prolific serial killers ever in history. But... We're going to talk about why that might not be the case. And I'm very excited about it. I'm (laughs) also very excited. I learned a lot about this. Yes, I have a very hot take that she was not a serial killer. And we'll get into it. But I know a lot of people kind of surface level, you hear the stories. And they're amazing Mm -hmm. because she sounds badass, right? Yeah. (laughs) Everybody's (laughs) like, yeah. But, like, here's the thing. Like, now I've heard, like, I've, you know, read your perspective and some of these other perspectives and i'm like um this bitch was maybe mean but like <laughs> was awesome so whatever okay exactly. right, like her actual story or this story may be more badass yeah i think so too i yeah. think so too so we'll yeah. just get into it in the end you guys can let us know what you think yeah yeah <laughs> So, Elizabeth Bathory, a.k.a. the Blood Countess, a.k.a. <laughs> Countess Dracula, sometimes is described as the most torturous woman serial killer in recorded history that bathed in the blood of virgins and banged the devil himself. <laughs> <laughs> I will add that even the factual, quote, factual parts of history are wild. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Wildly <laughs> speculative, so... <laughs> Take a lot of it with a grain of salt. Yeah. <laughs> so when you look past the legend, who was she really? Was she really this monster that inspired Dracula? Or was she simply just a powerful woman who got a bad edit in history? I am very team the latter here. Yeah. I'm oh, trying yeah. not to be too biased because I know it. I know. I'm going to be, I have a hard time like <laughs> giving any credence to like the, yeah, the idea that she was actually you know this monster that everybody said she was because i feel so convinced the other way. it's true and i think also especially the bathing in blood part is such a huge part of her image but yeah that just doesn't work scientifically you need like a lot of blood yeah like um. a- <laughs> and it just wouldn't be like water i i don't know like yeah yeah it just doesn't add up so our girl Liz was born in 1560 in the Kingdom of Hungary, which is now Hungary, Slovakia, Romania area. She was endowed with good looks, tons of wealth, an incredible education, and an imp- impressive social standing. And she knew a lot of languages. She was very smart. Mm-hmm. And we're talking, she had more money than the king himself. And her family <laughs> essentially dominated Transylvania. And her uncle ruled Poland. So she was very powerful, just born mm-hmm. into this position. And then she also grew up in a castle. And that's super fancy. 
can't relate. <laughs> I mean, I, I kind of wish I did, but no. <laughs> and there's some speculation. You have that crown now, though. So. Oh, I do. I have two now. I'm so excited. <laughs> uh, sometimes life is just stressful and you just got to uh-huh. wear a crown. It really does yeah. make you feel like you can just invade the neighboring town. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, it's great. I highly recommend. <laughs> so there is some speculation that she may have suffered from epilepsy and a lot of writers talk about this and they mention that maybe they put blood on her lips as like a folk remedy and maybe that's where mm-hmm. this whole blood thing came from. Mm-hmm. But as a historian, it is not likely that anybody would have documented that because she was high-ranking mm. nobility. And if they mm-hmm. wrote that she had epilepsy or they called it like the fainting sickness and all that, that would make their family seem weak, quote unquote. And gotcha. that would hurt their chances with her. They wanted her to marry, you know, another no- noble family to get more wealth. And they wouldn't be publicizing that there was something wrong because if there was something yeah. wrong, that might hurt her chances of having children. And then if she can't have children, she can't get married so i don't think that's true yeah well and i guess just uh (laughs) no oh something that i well have have known for a little while but looked more into lately even if there was some sort of like i don't know drinking blood or putting blood on your body or something like that like Mm -hmm. people were straight up eating ground up mummies and stuff so (laughs) Like, they, like, this was a thing. And I think, like, at the time that she was alive, it was already a thing that they were like, well, you know, your head hurts. So, like, you should eat some ground up skull or whatever. So, I did not know that was a thing. Oh, yeah, that's a thing. Like, they say that we have less mummies than we should, Paige, because the fucking Victorians (sighs) ate them or, like, snorted them. (laughs) Snorted them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. Like cocaine, but dead people. Yeah. And there's like a color, there's like a color of paint called mummy brown. And like, because it had actual mummies in it. Yeah. (laughs) It was called mummia, right? Is that how you say it? I I have no idea. But like, either way, like medicinal cannibalism Mm -hmm. was a thing for people. So I'm just saying, like, it's possible that. You know, some of the stuff with like other people's bodily fluids or materials oh, might yeah. have been a thing, but it was a thing for a lot of people. <laughs> right. Like putting blood on your lips ain't so bad when other people are grinding up mummies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <right. laughs> also, this is the rabbit hole I will be going down tonight. <laughs> yeah. Well, and like, I don't know how accurate it is. But how accurate it is, but I think I saw it referenced in like an actual historical context. But there's an episode of Outlander where they're like using hangman's fat to like rub on. It is true for some kind of ailment, and so it's like, yeah, they were taking like fat, like from that they got from bodies of executed people as like a medicinal thing. (laughs) I think I have heard that. Yeah, before. I had actually covered that, and then that episode came out, and I think they're reading my mind. All right, so, (laughs) as was custom in that era, Elizabeth was betrothed when she was 10 years old to Farrakh Nadesi, who was 14. So that seems fun. It was a political alliance (laughs) to maintain that noble lineage. Again, I think that if there was something wrong with her, that family would have been like, no, dog, we're going to go somewhere else. Right. So I think (laughs) Unless they were really good at hiding it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you'd have to be pretty darn good at hiding that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
And they would get married five years later in 1575, and they would move away to another castle called Kostika. I think I'm saying that right. I even put in notations. <laughs> I practiced off YouTube. <laughs> I butchered That's fine. things. I was going to say catch Tika, so. <laughs> That's how much of a dumbass I am. <laughs> oh, yeah, words are hard. So... <laughs> Fun fact, she actually outranked him so much socially that she kept her surname and he adopted it. So oh, that is baller. Right? Here's the thing. Paige, have you officially changed your last name yet? No, I'm not going to. Okay, well then you need to tell Alia, like, um, I outrank you socially, so you need to change <laughs> your <laughs> You need to take mine. <laughs> Do it. I'll see how that goes. <laughs> I'll report back. <laughs> yeah. Although, like, here I am judging for I have a lot of thoughts. Sorry, we're interrupting a lot. Oh no, you're fine. <laughs> you're fine. So <laughs> here I am judging them for getting married like when she's 15 years old. But my husband and I started dating when I was 14 years old. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah. like, how different is that really? <laughs> yeah, my aunt and uncle got married at 15. It's oh not God. common, wow. but yeah, they're still married. It's yeah, wild. There you go. When yeah. you know, you know. Like, it happens. <laughs> at least she wasn't like 10 when it happened. At least I gave them yeah, some at least time. They weren't like, here's your husband when you're 10. Like, what was I doing at 10 years oh, old? Lord. I don't know. <laughs> I was probably still digging in the dirt and thinking I was finding dinosaurs. I was a weird right. kid. <laughs> <laughs> but then I grew up to be a historian. It worked out. Yay. Yay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so so it was rumored that before the wedding, she had a child out of wedlock. These oh. accounts claim that it was fathered by either a worker or maybe a lower ranking nobleman. Um, okay. And that it was taken away from her and she was really bitter about it. But it seems that these rumors were unsubstantiated at best or a flat out lie at worst. And mm. they were spread mostly by her biographers, which I find to be complete BS. But hmm. there's no actual evidence of that. Because, again, if it was known about it and written about, his mm-hmm. family would have pulled out of that deal. Just, yeah. Right. Was, okay. Yeah. Not going to happen. So. Gotcha. So probably just like, yeah, more evidence. Yeah. Yeah. And the context of the time her. we're speaking, they would have just yeeted out of there so fast. Be like, <laughs> we're not touching this. <laughs> just, no, not doing it. Yeah. <laughs> so in 1578, Nadesi became chief commander of the Hungarian army and embarked on a military campaign against the Ottoman Empire. He was reportedly pretty brutal, and they named him the Black Knight of Hungary. <laughs> so, and that's where some of this stuff comes in. Like, maybe she learned how to be so brutal because he'd come home and teach her how to kill people. But again, that's all <laughs> speculation, and it's just this legend has blown up so much. But that's out there. People have actually written this and been like, this is her biography. This is true. And then people are like, oh, it's in a book. It has to be true. And it's fun. So while her husband was away, he actually put her in charge. So she maintained the family estates, which had 17 villages surrounding it. So in these kind of, what would you call it? Kingdoms, I guess. You know, Mm -hmm. the people in these villages would pay her taxes, even though she Mm. wasn't the king or queen or whatever gotcha wasn't like gotcha. a fiefdom or something yeah like that? yeah okay <laughs> and she was apparently really good at it she was really good at managing and the finances and protecting everything and that's probably where it started you know 
perking some ears. People are like, this is unnatural. She is a lady. How could she know what she's doing? And by all accounts, they were had a happy marriage. It seems that they had a good friendship. Like he trusted her and he would write yeah. back and be like, how's things going? You're doing great. And she'd be like, good job killing all those people, honey. And it was just, it seemed to be a very supportive marriage. But they didn't have kids, which also started a lot of rumors because oh. typically it was like the first year and a half people in the noble, you know, families would start having kids. And it took 10 yeah. years for them to have their first child. Wow. And a lot of people speculate wildly about that as well. But he was only home for Christmas and Easter. And it's really hard to procreate if you're only doing it twice a year. So that is oh, why. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. Science again. Yay. Yeah. Well, and again, like, I'm sure everybody blamed her for this. But it's like, uh, that is not how making babies works. So. Oh, yes. <laughs> people say kind of, all kinds of stuff. So a lot of people are like, oh, she was infertile. But that's not likely because she did have five children eventually oh wow and then it wasn't likely that they didn't like each other because again that was their duty to have children and he Mm -hmm. had to have heirs so that wouldn't have even mattered nobody Mm -hmm. back then liked their spouses most of the time so that just had nothing to do with. i mean also i mean i guess 10 years is a long time but like not every 15 year old girl can have a child it's true it's true (laughs) so it's just like Really bad timing is what most historians are chalking up to. All right. So she eventually took over the affairs of the castle Sarvar, I'm guessing. And that was his family's estate as well. So now she's running two castles. It had to have been like scary to be that powerful as a woman at this time. I would imagine so. But Mm -hmm. I mean, it's hard to say because so much of her personality is so inflated But Mm -hmm. I imagine she was very smart and she knew a lot and she probably knew she was smarter than everybody. So I feel like she was a little cocky, too. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then having a partner that actually supported that, I think she probably ran with it. And that's why a lot of people started to think she was a witch or murdery (laughs) or evil. And then there's all these occult rumors starting to swirl because it was probably so wild to see a woman in control that people were just grasping at straws. And, uh-huh. you know, the witch thing comes up a lot in history, too. You're like, yeah. oh, my God, how dare you yeah. be good at something? Oh, witchcraft. Right, must be a witch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then her husband dies on January 4th, 1604, at the age of 49. So pretty young. And mm-hmm. there are some contradictory sources that say that it was when he was 51. And some people mm-hmm. say he died in battle. And some said he had some unknown illness. But a lot of the times that's in these narratives that she murdered him because it was this mystery thing but again i don't think that's very true once he died like the rumors went crazy they escalated they became more dramatic and now they include all these sadistic tendencies and torture and straight up murder so the accusations uh trigger warning i suppose because they're not great burning of genitals with candles biting deadly ice baths like she would put a servant outside throw water on them and watch them freeze to death being mm-hmm. covered in honey and left outside for insects to eat. Uh, that one, like, really freaks me out. <laughs> yeah. yeah I Paige just put I in the notes, like what it. the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not great. Whipping them with stinging nettles. Just flat out beatings, boiling water, sticking pins in fingers, Ugh. hot pokers. Uh, there were some said that she sewed lips shut. Um, oh, my God. God. A lot of things very similar to what is it, Lalori in New Orleans? Oh, she did uh, some yeah, most up stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
So kind of similar, really terrible, very, very mm-hmm. tough awful and there were some accusations of cannibalism and if you listen to my podcast all roads lead to cannibalism in history apparently (laughs) who found that as well yeah (laughs) Uh, and then there were like claims that she was having sex with the devil himself so you know know. all these people like oh my god i totally saw it i'm like i'm sure you did all right And, of course, the most well-known accusation is that she bathed in the blood of virgins to maintain her youthful appearance, which, again, it's not very logical. It wouldn't have been Mm -hmm. very easy. And that's probably just another trope of she was beautiful and powerful and how dare she. She had to have had to deal with the devil because nobody can have both. So. Yeah, it's great. And there were some other accusations. And these get just offensive to, like... She was crazy, quote unquote, from having syphilis or menopause. Yeah. And I'm just, uh, my blood yeah. pressure goes up sometimes well, researching things. Yeah, I mean, some of it just seems, well, with especially with, you know, the menopause thing or whatever. It's like some mm-hmm. of it just seems, even today, their perspective on it, like, sort of sexist. Like, oh, her husband yeah. died and she just went crazy. Absolutely. <laughs> killing everybody. And it happens in every culture, every time period that women are quote-unquote crazy because mm-hmm. our hormones are all over the place or yeah, menopause and it's just it's infuriating but it was alleged <laughs> that as many 650 girls and young women were murdered over a 35 year period and at least 37 and 51 in the last decade before her arrest in Jeez. 1610 at the age of 50 when she started supposedly killing noble women and that's where people are like mm. oh that's where you got to stop you can kill all the peasants but if what? you if you kill a, a noble woman that's when we gotta we gotta tell you to stop yeah and that's the most believable part of this whole story <laughs> i mean <laughs> sad but true no one's sad gonna bat true. an eye when kids are disappearing because you know yeah. it's oh history sucks but yeah. Well, and I yeah. like hate to say it, but it's like, yeah, the same kind of shit goes on today. So Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And there are some sources that believe that she worked alongside servants like Anna Darvolia, who they called Darvulia. I don't know. It's <laughs> Romanian. Right. <laughs> and this is where people are like, she honed her skills of torture and she had this woman now to just give her a endless supply of victims which also just it doesn't make sense people would notice if all the young girls are disappearing mm-hmm. so that's and- what i was gonna ask is like do the all these people these 650 girls like they actually went missing or did we just make up this 650 number i will get into it in a little bit but it's mostly okay. made up. <laughs> yeah so and a lot of people were calling this girl a witch too and it's very yeah. dramatized and again very they're speculating very wildly. And mm-hmm. then it's also the same idea with the Erzi Mar- oh, Majorova. And mm-hmm. she supposedly kind of took the role. But with any household, you're going to have somebody that's going to be in charge of all the servants. Mm-hmm. So I-, I have no doubt that that's who they were, like the head yeah. of the household or whatnot. But yeah. whether or not they're both witches murdering people, I cannot say. <laughs> I'm going to say no. but (laughs) (laughs) And as a wealthy noblewoman, Bathory evaded questioning for these allegations for a really long time. And 
Plus, since she was the head of this whole area, if they were going to complain, they would have gone to her husband. And then when he died, they would have to go to her. So Mm. that wasn't going to happen. So some sources claim that there was this Lutheran minister named Istvan Magyari, who Mm. was the first one to complain about her publicly because he noticed things were weird. And some sources say that he noticed people were disappearing and there was fresh graves, but those aren't backed up with any actual evidence, but there are mm. letters where he's just like, I hear screaming and servants are injured. There's just something going on. So that seems mm. believable because I have no doubts that she probably abused her staff. I yeah, I believe that right. because there were mm-hmm. written documentations of, you know, whippings and things getting mm-hmm. out of hand. So I think that's what that was, but I think it's been taken and kind of twisted. Mm-hmm. And then... I kept noticing people were talking about this Lutheran guy and nobody was citing it, which was really annoying to me. But then <laughs> I finally found the only place that cited this was Wikipedia. And I normally shit on Wikipedia, but they came through this time. And the claim was made by this Michael Farron guy. And he wrote a book called Heroine of Horror. And it's only in German, so I couldn't read it. But I did find the excerpts that were kind of translated loosely mm, okay. by Google. And that's where I came in. That he wrote a testimony that she was very harsh towards the lower classes and exhibited cruelty. And people gotcha. took that as, she's slaughtering everybody. <laughs> yeah. Har- like harsh is, is very different from murdering 600 yes. people. <laughs> and it could be a translation thing, too. You know, I, there's mm-hmm. a lot of things. But again, mm-hmm. I think everything's just been exaggerated because it's mm-hmm. such a legendary story at this point. Mm. So eventually she is investigated, but it gets so sus. And <laughs> this is why. She's a woman. She's running this estate. She's doing a really good job. And she's in control of the local populace. And she does not have a man at all by her side. So she's also rich. She's probably like Scrooge McDucking it with like swimming and money. So people are like, what is going on over there? And the king has to just be stewing because she has all the money he wants. She has all the strategic land he wants. Mm. And he owes her money. <laughs> of course. So he had a very sizable debt to her husband, which yeah. went to her. So he had to pay her mm. back. He didn't want to do it. So the first theory is that scholars on one side think that maybe this fueled him to incriminate her Uh because if she was executed, all the land and money would go to him Hmm. and then all his debts would be canceled. Mm -hmm. It's very suspicious. I like – I could buy that. Mm -hmm. Uh But like what an asshole. (laughs) Yes. Uh, And also (laughs) like if that is the case – Things, like, really spin out of control. <laughs> like, <laughs> it gets pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah. 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 Although, like, if she... Okay. Here's my, like, one what-if question to this. So, okay. If if scholars feel that, yeah, like, he might have moved to incriminate her and he owed her all this money or owed her family all this money, like, why, why wouldn't she have been like, hey, make this go away and, like... I'll forgive your debt or whatever. And then just, you know. I I think probably at this point, her family was so powerful because Uh her uncle is the king of Poland and her family owns most of Romania. So (laughs) if he just quietly had her executed and he could take everything before they could fight back, then he doesn't have to worry about it. Gotcha. Okay. But 
and remember this because it's going to be important in a little bit. <laughs> if she was not executed by chance, all the money is going to go to her surviving family and the okay. debt would have to be paid to them. So keep that okay. in mind. All right. No spoilers. All right. So <laughs> whether you believe can King Matthias II thought she was a murderer and needed investigating or he just saw this as a really good excuse to get rid of this powerful nuisance and mm -hmm. get some money. Either way, he sent in his highest ranking representative, Yorgi Thurzo, to investigate the complaints against her. So Thurzo, Thurzo, Thurzo was a <laughs> palatine of Hungary, which means he was allowed to have judicial powers without mm. the king around and stuff. And ironically, he was actually charged by her husband to take care of him or take care of her after he died. So Jeez. he really sucked at that job. <laughs> Good work. Thurzo. Yeah, great job. You Thurzo. had <laughs> one job. <laughs> one job. <laughs> And between March and July of 1610, he interviewed 52 witnesses, 34 were servants of the Countess's neighbors. And so these witnesses told these wild tales about bruised and beaten young women being stripped and left outside to die of exposure. And a lot of them is like a game of telephone. They're all telling the same story, mm. but each one's getting more exaggerated. So gotcha. hmm, somebody probably said it and then spread it around town and it just grew yeah and there was one clerk that did see one girl that was burnt very badly on the hands um mm. but the story when it went to the person that told the story was like yeah she got burnt it wasn't her it was just yeah. you know something that happened you know between her and some of the other servant people mm -hmm. so things were a little better amongst the servants at this new castle and many did recall cries of pain and sounds of a whip but that was just something that was common unfortunately, mm -hmm. in this century. And people didn't really bat an eye because it was frowned upon to mm -hmm. beat your servants or, you know, accidentally kill them. But it wasn't illegal and it wasn't something that people did anything about. So, mm -hmm. again, just a – history's a son of a bitch. <laughs> you got to just think of context. So, there was a doctor called to the castle to tend to some sick girls and they – also testified at that point that they didn't see anything sadist sadistic. Mm. So when the doctor got to the castle, they're like, no, nothing that crazy has happened. But mm -hmm. I mean, it's not great. We'd be happy to leave. Mm -hmm. And again, at this point, this kind of abuse wouldn't have raised a single eyebrow. Yeah, that's what, what I had read was like, mm -hmm. sure, she was likely cruel to her servants. And mm -hmm. that's terrible. But it's not like it was unusual. Yeah, it was <laughs> sadly very common. Very yeah, common. and like I sort of have a feeling that if you killed one of your servants because they did something that you didn't like, nobody would care. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I mean, no, that doesn't make I it agree. okay. I'm just saying. <laughs> so despite all this evidence not really coming to fruition of any actual crimes he did arrest her at the castle on december 30th 1610 he claimed to have caught her in the act again there's no actual evidence to substantiate any of this and what he did discover is they did find the body of one dead girl and another that was severely injured but alive and the injured girl was named anna and she stated at the scene that she was beat and the countess herself did hit her, but it was the washerwoman that worked there that actually ripped her flesh and really hurt her. So it was another oh, servant. 
And then after they left, she changed her account and claimed that it was the countess herself who had destroyed her right hand and arm. And then afterwards, she was awarded 50 guilders, 15 pounds of wheat, and a small farm as a free property to live out her life. All courtesy of this Thurzo dude. So, Uh again, it's very (laughs) suspicious. Yeah. So while the Countess was locked in her castle dungeons, the notaries began to collect 300 witness testimonies against her. And they were from both of the castles that she was managing. And this is where the things start getting super wild and all those accounts Mm -hmm. of the really horrific things start getting written down. Mm -hmm. And the figure was 650 deaths. And a lot of that comes from a servant girl named Susanna who says that there was this ledger that was kept by one of the official Jacob, oh, Lord, Silvassi, that he kept this ledger for her. Mm -hmm. But Susanna would not have been literate. So even if she had seen this ledger, she couldn't have read all the things she was saying. So again, (laughs) that doesn't make sense. And this ledger was never discovered and nobody Hmm. else witnessed seeing it. And he testimony that, or he testimony, he testified (laughs) that he had never seen a ledger in his life. And he's, yeah. yeah, So he was like, no, she's not a serial killer. I mean, she's not great, but none of this stuff is real. Uh So that's where that number comes from. Yes. This ledger that supposedly exists. But and also, like, do you know how much time it would take to count? Like, uh, for, well, A, she's illiterate. So it's like, you're telling me that she saw this ledger and she also was able to count to 650. Mm -hmm. I just, I just have, I can't believe (laughs) that, like, how many people were they looking for at this point? Like, how many people have actually disappeared that they think it's even possible that she killed 650 people? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was, what, 17 villages? But that's still a lot of people. And at that point, you would think people would start uprising if you're killing all their children. Like, it just makes sense. Yeah, like, at some point, wouldn't people be like, um, no, we're not sending (laughs) any more people to work at your castle? Right. Like, (laughs) they keep disappearing. Maybe maybe the first 50 to 100. But, like, once you start hitting those numbers, (laughs) like, people start asking questions. (laughs) As a 16th century villager, what's the number at which you get suspicious of your... I don't think the number is 650. <laughs> I really don't. Oh, me either. So things start to get a little more wonky here. So Thurzo is sent by the king to convict her so he can get all the deaths can- canceled and take all her shit, right? Mm-hmm. You would think that's what would happen, but it is not... Thurzo tried her in a secret trial. She was not convicted and sentenced to death like the king wanted. Instead, her servants were convicted of witchcraft and burned at the stake, but she was charged with the death of 80 girls and was sentenced to a life imprisonment in her castle. They, like, bricked her in her room. Uh Uh-huh. And she remained under house arrest for four years until she died in 1614. And she was initially buried in a crypt on the estate, but her body was likely moved afterwards. And it's really fuzzy where she went after that. But yeah, I also read <laughs> that with respect to her servants who got charged, that there were two or three women and one man. The man got beheaded, but in terms of the the women before they got burned alive, they pulled their fingers off with hot pincers. Oh god! Like, what the fuck? <laughs> 
that it's like you were all doing fucked up shit to people. Right. Right. So. Yeah. And you're and here you are <laughs> attacking <laughs> our our girl Liz for Yes. <laughs> That is just Ugh. disrespectful. <laughs> right. Why? So because Ugh. she was in prison, that meant her fortune and Lance went to her family, and now the king owed the debt to them. And guess ah. who is part of her family? Thurzo oh. by marriage. Oh <laughs> it's like the ultimate plot twist. Right. Yeah. I just, yeah. I didn't see it coming because I've read, I've listened to podcasts. I have researched this before and I didn't yeah. catch that the first time. I yeah, there's fucking Thurzo. Yes, I think it was him all along. Yeah. He was supposed to be taking care of her. That yeah. monster. Yeah. I mean, yes. I'm just like, yeah, reading through stuff about her and listening to you talk about this, it's like, I'm 100% on the side of like, they saw her as a risk. They wanted to get rid of her. You know, maybe her family had some problem or plot against her. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd also read that that in terms of the king, that by remarrying, like, she had so much power from her family that she could have upset the balance of power mm-hmm. with respect to him in the country. Yeah. So, yeah. And, like, people described her as, like being, like, sarcastic and intelligent and witty and self-assured. And so it's like, Definitely, <laughs> they saw her as a problem because oh, she was a absolutely. woman. So, and yeah. Thurzo had big political ambitions, and Mathurin yeah. was pretty close to her nephew too, who is kind of ruling over Transylvania. So yeah. getting her out of the way really kind of opens up a lot for him too. Yeah, here's here's what I decided, and that I wrote down in the notes earlier was that I am officially declaring my hot take. <laughs> officially <laughs> declaring. <laughs> Elizabeth Bathory as the Regina George of late 16th century Hungary. (laughs) (laughs) She was beautiful and mean and powerful and clever and ultimately brought down by her enemies who were just as mean as she was. (laughs) Absolutely. That is an incredible take. (laughs) So (laughs) that's my official take home message here. (laughs) Yes. And it it makes so much sense. And plus there's a... All all the court officials, all the jury members, everybody mm-hmm. owed their allegiance to him. So there yeah. was no way she was escaping that. Either way it went, yeah. if he was doing it for the king or himself, she was not Yeah. Not gonna and she even petitioned to have her family defend her, but yeah. they blocked all the attempts. So they Jeez. did this so fast that none of them could get there to help her. Yeah. Oh, one question that I thought of was, do you know what happened to her kids? They seem to be, I don't, they're not huge (laughs) figures. The thing with her is after she dies, her name Uh is essentially erased from history until about 1720. And so her kids, a few, like, a few of them made it to adulthood and they were married Uh off and they were still rich and powerful, but they, nobody was ever, like, rose to power like she was. Okay. They probably wouldn't allow that, but... Yeah. I mean, mostly I was just worried that they, you know, something bad happened to them since they went after their mom, but... I mean, her children are always kind of a footnote, so I don't Mm -hmm. think she was mother of the year by any means. (laughs) Yeah. It's probably a lot of times when things like this happen, they kind of scurry the kids off and they kind of fade away from history. But it wasn't until... 
you know, 1700s where there was a Jesuit and he dug up her account. And that's when people are like, oh, hey, this person existed and start writing on her. And that's when the <laughs> legends of like all because when they were trying those servants and stuff after so much torture they convinced all of them to say that she did all these things so that was in the court records that she yeah. you know was brutally torturing everybody so people are pulling these accounts and that's where the rumors that she inspired dracula because she was supposedly a vampire and oh, i think one villager was like yeah you know my great great or whatever said she bathed in blood and that's where that came from that came from the 1700s not her lifetime and it just blew up and she yeah. just had this like reputation from that day on as this bloodthirsty vampire lady and some people do say the Bram Stoker was inspired by her as well as Vlad the Impaler um, mm-hmm. but I've done some research that says that he was actually more so inspired by a Celtic creature called a Aubertoc I think I'm saying that right oh. uh, Celtic okay. words are really hard and that he liked Vlad the Impaler's castle. Like, he only saw a picture of that castle and was like, that one. That's where (laughs) I'm envisioning this story happening. Yeah. So he might have heard of Elizabeth and it might have played a little bit into, like, the blood part, but it's Mm -hmm. a little little fuzzy. Gotcha. (laughs) And, of course, later more testimonies came out and that's when people are still actively trying to dig up more on her because everything has been clouded by so much legend and folklore. Uh And she's also a huge prominent fixture in literature, music. She's almost always compared to Vlad the Impaler, a.k.a. uh, Prince of Wallachia, which is the name of my cat, Prince of Wallachia. (laughs) (laughs) I find it so incredibly witty, but nobody gets it, so I have to say Prince of Wallachia, a.k.a. Kitty Vlad the Impaler, and then they're like, oh, okay, that's really long. That's adorable. (laughs) He's very murdery, too. But... uh, (laughs) (laughs) And then my last little nugget is that she is in the Guinness World Records book as the most prolific female murderer of all time in the Western world. But it's... I mean, here's here's the thing about that. (laughs) (laughs) Is I read that despite, you know, these claims that she killed 650 people, archaeologists have found... No evidence of mass burials on exactly. any of the properties that she owned that like should be there mm-hmm. if this had happened. <laughs> that whole the whole number, the whole six hundred and fifty number is just like absurd. Basically yeah. they found like one I mean they, they know that she was probably abusing the people. Yeah. There. She was likely abusing her servants. Mm-hmm. And other than that, like there is there's nothing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, let's say she's particularly cruel to her servants, and so you know they're maybe not thrilled to be working for her. And then friggin' Thurzo comes in here <laughs> and you know starts stirring shit up <laughs> like, yeah. about her being a murderer, or like the king is motivated to take her property or to have her convicted. And, of course, like, if you're going to either, like, put them under duress or offer them some sort of benefit from, you know, telling this story that she was killing people, then they're going to take it. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm like, very much – I don't think she did it. I think she was a powerful, smart woman, and they were like, no. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. agree. And it's it's crazy because I – 
I mean, I knew like the stories, yeah. but I didn't know this side of it like at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'd only so. ever heard the, you know, she killed all her servants in terrible oh, ways yeah. and tortured right. them. Like I'd, until you mentioned it, <laughs> Paige will be thrilled. I think in a TikTok, <laughs> it was a TikTok <laughs> about your, you know, hot take that she wasn't guilty of all these crimes. And I was like, uh, amazing. We have to talk about this. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's wild because you have to get to like the eighth page of Google to finally get to the real stuff, which normally you don't have to really dig as far. And it's, yeah. but it's just such a fun story. I, I hate to say fun with a serial killer, but people are so <laughs> obsessed with this idea of this beautiful woman bathing in blood, you know, inspiring Dracula that I don't think people yeah. have really tried to dig much further than that. Yeah. Yeah. I actually saw a little, uh, factoid that the bathing in blood thing didn't even become a thing until like a hundred years after she died yeah like some yeah French writer made it up so yeah and her biographers did her dirty she definitely got a bad <laughs> edit because almost all the shitty things was written way after people call themselves her biographer so yeah it's, it's really hard to weed through <laughs> but the, there are a lot of hungarian scholars that are working really hard to kind of go through a lot of these testimonies that are being made public and translating them and really trying to yeah. get to a more accurate portrayal because she yeah regardless she was a very interesting person and for a woman to have that much power in that century is just mm -hmm. incredible and it's not unbelievable because if you look throughout history a lot of times this happened women were you know accused of something executed like Anne Boleyn you know she yeah now that history is looking at her on a different perspective she was incredibly mm -hmm. influential influential in the Protestant Reformation and mm -hmm. was one of the the mother of it if you look at it in some yeah. perspective but then people are like she's a witch and she had moles everywhere and six fingers on one hand and <laughs> had an incestual relationship with her brother and it's it's like People are so yeah. threatened by women in history that they'll do everything they can to just completely smear their reputation and then try to erase them. And that's that's what I think happened with her. <laughs> Honestly, I think the biggest I, – I, yeah, I mean, it's, like, very sad if she was innocent and, and you know, had – was accused of all these things and, and was imprisoned. And that's sad for her. But I think, like, the people that got the – real shit end of the stick were her servants that they oh, executed for because real. of this. Because it's like, are you serious? Like, they probably did nothing. And like, oh, even absolutely. if she was killing people... They probably weren't even involved. They pr Well, and like, even if they were involved, she's like this very powerful person who's yeah. their boss. Like, we all know that, that like, they were probably afraid of her if that was the case. So <laughs> Right, right. Because like... <laughs> She's killing people. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, if I found out that my boss was just like murdering people on the regs and was yeah. like, um, you're gonna help me or else I'm gonna kill you too. I'd be like, Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Hostile <Great>. work environment. <laughs> Good Jeez. to know by then. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I wouldn't really do that. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Anne-Marie Kelly. Wild Precious Life is a podcast about dreaming big, digging in and connecting across distance, division, and loss. In each episode, I talk with prize-winning writers, musicians, and wanderers who remind all of us how we can make the most of the time we have. So meet me here 
Let's walk and talk and dream and discover what it means to be wild, precious, and brave. Okay, well, that is Keena's case for Elizabeth Bathory being innocent of all the terrible things, or at least like, yeah, Yeah. mostly innocent of the terrible things that she did. Was she probably mean? Oh, probably. Yeah, like 100%. (laughs) She probably was not a joy to be around. But But like, also, were, was everyone of that time mostly shit bags to their servants oh yes I'm absolutely <laughs> so i doubt that she was that much worse but who knows maybe she was she had a reputation but do i think that she killed 650 people no oh yeah no yeah not a chance okay and so since this is spooky true crime obviously her general story is just like spooky and it's fun to think that like there might be another side to it but we also have to talk about the stories that have happened after she died and long after because lots of people say that Kashtika, Kashtika? That's a fun word. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I seriously would have said Kachtika. <laughs> That's exactly how I wrote it, too. It's definitely so. Kashtika. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway. Uh, but the Kashtika castle is haunted now. So, of course... <laughs> Ghost Hunters International went there for their first season. Of course, naturally. <laughs> yeah. And Paige already knows that I have a lot of feelings about that because mainly it's like, um, I'm pretty sure talking to ghosts in English in a foreign country oh my God. <laughs> makes zero sense. Mm-hmm. So stupid. <laughs> it's like, let's just yell at them in English. Like, this is definitely going to get a response. Ghosts go through English 101 when they Yeah, die. they all get an ESL <laughs> when they <laughs> pass to the, <laughs> the underworld or whatever <laughs> um, to the other side. So that's insane. And like, they'll get responses that are in English. And it's like, oh, that makes no sense. Um, <laughs> so I also did watch a little bit of a paranormal investigation YouTube video from Amy's Crypt. Ooh. And while I 0% believe that she caught any real evidence of ghosts, <laughs> it was still entertaining. And she at least did a little bit of a better job of acknowledging the cultural aspects of that like she actually said here are the language the the languages that she spoke and she makes the effort to speak to the ghosts in hungarian or like at least attempts to and i mean i have no idea i can't speak hungarian so i don't know how she did but it sounded pretty good (laughs) (laughs) uh but she does use a spirit box and oh, she used an no. app to monitor emf <laughs> so i was like mm, probably not she uses <laughs> like, an app on her phone yes to monitor and she was like this EMF. monitors emf and i was like huh. um i was trying to watch and i was like i don't think you have any sort of attachment on there so i'm sorry amy's crypt but even here's what i learned when i tuned into kenny biddle's live stream with jason hawes which was super fun, and I was, like, geeking out the whole time. But I asked a question in it, that, and I asked, what is, like, ghost hunting equipment that people shouldn't use anymore? And he said the spirit box. Like, so. <laughs> so get rid of it. It's garbage. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, 
So she did a good job. However, one of the responses that I wanted to point out that she got was the spirit box sounded like it was saying Elizabeth and that like wasn't her name in her native language. Yeah. Like Elizabeth Bathory is the anglicized, which I was trying to remember that name or that word like <laughs> several weeks ago and could not for the life of me. So I'm very annoyed that I'm only remembering it now. So basically, even though she asked the questions in Hungarian, she was still getting Yeah, like they in interpreted the response as Elizabeth. And it's like, well, her actual name was Erzabet Battery. So mm-hmm. that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but anyway, don't want to pick on Amy's crypt too much because I did feel like she made a much more solid effort than like a lot of other ghost hunters that I've seen. And I did think that, you know, she it was at least entertaining. So there's yeah. that. Okay. So the things that people see at Kashtike Castle, I really like saying that, is... Uh, they see shadow figures, and some people claim that they've seen apparitions of Elizabeth herself. Here's the thing about Elizabeth being there. Like, let's say there are actually ghosts there. Like, fucking right I'd come back as a ghost if, like, my own family or the king or whoever <laughs> framed me for some gruesome... Mur- like, here's a case where it's like, yes, this person should come back as a ghost and fuck with people still Yes. <laughs> They deserve it. (laughs) So, I mean, great. That's great justification. That makes sense to me. Um, But in terms of seeing apparitions, I sort of just write that off as as people's eyes, the huge people's eyes playing tricks on them, Mm -hmm. especially in the dark. Or just like seeing other tourists and freaking themselves out. They're excited. Yeah. Yeah, When you're going... Crazy things have happened there. Yeah. Yeah. You're going because... The people in the city nearby and, like, the people who run, you know, at the access to the castle very much play into this whole thing. And right. so it's like, yeah, you're going mm-hmm. in there with this preconceived notion. And, like, even in uh, that YouTube video that I watched, at one point, you know, they're in there at night in the dark and, like, somebody's poking around outside. They hear somebody poking around outside, like, with a big flashlight. So it's like, well... People are probably just seeing like people. It doesn't right. seem like it's super isolated. Yeah. Well, of course, if you think that this vampire lady is in there, you're going to sneak in there at night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I assume she had like permission, but what do I know? Um, <laughs> We're like people outside, you know, I'm sure people are sneaking yeah. in. Right. You know, <laughs> like you in, in the In the bushes. <laughs> okay. The other things that people claim is that they hear young girls crying and that they hear disembodied voices and to this i say if you look at pictures of the castle most of it is in ruins like parts of it are collapsed and right yeah so Mm -hmm. you'd have such a tough time avoiding sounds bleeding in from the ambient environment nearby well yeah and like to your point just a second ago like if people are yeah, if there's other people around and you don't realize it, like, yeah, there it is. Yeah, there's you just have sentence. such a hard time controlling the environment yeah. enough to say, like, this is a mm-hmm. ghost. But it's like, mm, no, it's just like an owl or something. <laughs> 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 oh, 
Okay, and then the other thing that people report is a sense of dread and evil. And, like, that's the easiest one to debunk because you just think, well... (laughs) going in there with prior knowledge of the supposed terrible things that happened on the property and like it's also just inherently creepy because Mm -hmm. it's an old castle partially all old castles would feel kind of spooky yeah yeah they're they're all gonna feel sort of creepy and and weird so that's just like normal old castle shit (laughs) and like i said they play it up so you can find pictures online of the torture room that they've set up at the castle for tourists like in one of i just got yeah Yeah. (laughs) in one of the tunnels beneath it so it's like they're very much like playing into this whole idea and like what happened there and having fun with it and there's like a statue of her in like the city nearby like with one of her victims and stuff so it's a it's a whole Mm -hmm. thing people are going in there like very much primed (laughs) Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. And that's the same thing with Vlad's castle, the one that they consider his castle. He didn't even really live there, but they have a torture room and all the spikes <laughs> and stuff. Silly. And like... <laughs> but, I mean, I guess in their defense, it's a tourist trap, so they're basically funding that whole city just because yeah. they're kind of going with the Dracula thing. So I, I get that from a... yeah. It's I guess I just feel like standpoint. these places are sp- like kind of spooky enough on their own and because there's like some history, some spooky history like tied to them, like you don't need to do all of this. Like no the theatrics mm-hmm. aren't they're not required. <laughs> just like leave it spooky, let me come in and enjoy what it is. Don't give yeah. me this torture room. Okay, uh, Kina, before we wrap this up, is there anything else you would like to tell our listeners or anything else you'd like to plug or just remind them where they can find you? Awesome. I love to shameless plug. Right. It's what I do best. <laughs> so you can find Historical AF everywhere that you find podcasts. And you can follow me on social media. That's Historical AF Pod at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I do have a TikTok and I do history things. And... <laughs> It's a lot of history and dogs and just weird shit. And that's at Kina Leanne and that's K-Y-N-A Leanne. And uh, yeah, I put out episodes every week and then have extra episodes. And yeah, I think that's, that's – if you like history, you'll like it. And it's not <laughs> it's not boring history, I promise. The whole podcast was inspired by a dick joke about <laughs> Rasputin. So that should give you everything you need to know. <laughs> Yeah. Here's the thing. I Yeah, I've been on the show twice now, and Paige Mm -hmm. and I will be on in a few weeks, and which that Mm -hmm. will have long aired before this this is out. (laughs) But me being on the show, I was so nervous to do it, by the way, but then it was like... (laughs) It just felt perfectly at home. So if you like our podcast and you're interested in history stuff, you will absolutely like Historical AF because it's super fun. And I'm so glad that we got you on here. (laughs) I'm so glad I found you guys. I actually found you guys when you were on Insanely Haunted. Yeah. I miss Insanely Haunted. Oh, I know. (laughs) They are delightful humans. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All righty. Well, thank you so much, Kina. Um, First of all, 
It was nice to finally meet you. (laughs) It was. Oh, it was so great. (laughs) But also, thank you for coming with like so much information. Yeah, it was amazing. (laughs) Yeah, this was really great. Oh, you're welcome. Anytime. (laughs) Well, I'm sure we will love to have you back someday. So, okay. (laughs) um, So you'll be hearing from us. Yes. (laughs) It probably won't be until next year, but don't take that personally. It's just that we won't be recording again until. (laughs) Yeah, my people will get in touch with your people and by our people, just each other. We'll just. Yeah. (laughs) All right, spooky people. Indie podcast life. Well, that wraps up our second spooky true crime episode. Tune in to episode 34 when we chat about spooky oceans. If you like this episode, hit subscribe and share with a friend. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Spooky SciPod, Facebook at Spooky Science Sisters, and at our website, SpookySciencesisters.com. If you have any questions about previous topics, ideas for future episodes, or if you have any Halloween listener stories, Yay. email us at SpookySciencesters <laughs> at gmail.com. As always, thank you for listening and stay spooky. This podcast is a part of Straight Up Strange Productions. Discover more shows like this one at StraightUpStrange.com. I'm Eliza, and I need you to listen to me. Have you ever felt so much that you don't know where to put it all, and you wonder if anyone would notice if you screamed? Because you want to. Scream for the ones they've hurt, the ones they've taken. Scream for yourself. These are my words, my story from my perspective. Because I know you'll hear other versions. Because I want you to have a chance to believe mine. Or at least hear it. If you're getting this, it's already over. But if one of you listens, really listens, it won't be for nothing. <laughs>